This is episode 143 for Tuesday, July 24th, 2018, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. This week we feature beers from the Midwest. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Travis, and together with Chris, Powers, and Sawyer, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Every week, we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast may be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Brew underscore Styles. Drop by our website, BrewStyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. And welcome back to another episode of Brew Styles. That was very exciting. Yes, I am excited. I'm excited. Excited to be here, excited to drink beer and talk about it. What better way to spend a Tuesday, not a Sunday. Right. Absolutely. And I'm really, Travis. Really hot outside, too. Yes, I, and uh, <laughs> I am here. What would you do this week in beer, Travis? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you, uh, random studio guest. Uh, my gosh, what didn't I do in beer this week? I brewed two different beers. Ooh. I brewed two lagers, actually, because my, my lager freezer was empty. Nice. So I brewed a, well, two Oktoberfests. All right. I did a Martzen, full batch of that one, and then I did the Fest beer, a little little batch of that. Like a three-gallon? Uh-huh. So those should be ready around September. Very nice. And I like. I'll have uh, some actual Oktoberfest beer on tap at my house during Oktoberfest. That's exciting. That is exciting. So you're gonna do Pollentoberfest? Polliner? Pollen Polliner? Pollenfest? Maybe. We'll have to figure that out. <laughs> Sounds like bees I'm not gonna have honey. anything ready for Samptoberfest, so nope. we might have to miss a year. I can still do the sauerkraut though. That was that's easy to do. Mm-hmm. It just takes a week or so. Yes, I did that. Uh, I also finished another tap handle because at, at the house I've got a Bohemian Pilsner on. Uh, that's the lager handle. And then the other one, it was a pale ale, which I used an ESB yeast for, and it did not flocculate at all. So it looks like a New England IPA. I thought it was going to clear out. It still hasn't. It's been in the fridge for weeks. I've been drinking on it for weeks, and it is still hazy as all get out. Interesting. So, um, you I, speaking of New England IPA, I heard people that said that they just add flour to the beer to make it hazy like that. I thought that was strange. Interesting. I guess that would work. Because I had that, that non-hazy IP, New England IPA last week when Eddie and I were at World of Beer, and I posted about it on the uh, DFW Facebook page. for Yeah, I saw beer. that. And somebody's like, oh, something about adding flour to the beer or whatever. And I was like, well, that's strange. I've never thought about that before, but... Anyway, hmm. yeah, I went to <clears throat> where was it? It was a uh, legal draft, and I tried their haziest corpus, and it was not hazy at all. I even asked the bartender, I was like, Is this 
is this the haziest corpus and he's like yes yes that's that's it and i'm like it's Ooh. not it's not hazy he was like yeah it's not well just like the one that i had the, the tagline <laughs> from the brewery said uh it's got it's hazier than a 1960s jetliner <laughs> you oh know my. they allowed you to smoke on yeah. the yeah. plane and everything but yeah. I, it was clear as balls as yeah. Sawyer would say. That's so <laughs> it's got to be the bottom of the keg or something. Because right. other people, when I posted that picture, other people posted it when they poured it from a can and it was hazy. Mm. So mm. yours might have been the same thing. It was like the bottom of the keg. Because, I mean, things do settle in a keg. And, right. you know. Um, oh, and you cold crashed. Yeah. Cold crash. <laughs> That's what you're doing is you're, you're <laughs> crashing all the stuff out of it. So, yeah. Right. That's, uh, that's essentially what you're doing with a keg in the fridge. just crashing for weeks mm-hmm. at a time. So about nice. to be clear at the end yep uh le- yesterday i went out to a brewery went to a new one yesterday mm-hmm. which actually i went to two breweries this week went to dirty job because i was out at a library nearby and uh thought i'd give them another chance mm, still not my favorite yeah but they just had their one year i believe this week so. or last weekend yeah yeah because that was the last time i was out there was almost a year ago yeah uh, but can't win them all. Yeah. And then I went to Pegasus City oh, out nice. in Dallas yesterday. Mm. Wanted to try that out because I haven't been to any new breweries this summer. Yeah. How and was that? I liked it. Yeah. I liked it uh, quite a bit. Their Schwartz beer was the best thing I tried. Mm. I was impressed. Real smooth. Real nice. And then today I've just been stripping uh, labels off bottles for home brewing. <laughs> So, I have basically done everything beer-related that I could possibly do this week. <laughs> Brewed, drink, and preparing bottles. Nice. Very nice. So, there's that. I'm also joined by Chris. Hola. Uh, I don't think you've done much about beer because you've been busy with construction stuff. Yeah, I actually did a little bit this week. Okay. Uh, I hit my unique check-in on Untapped of unique? 1776. Nice. So, naturally, that check-in was Sam 76. I hadn't had it, and I was waiting. <laughs> yes, I was waiting until that check-in number to have that beer, because mm. America. But anyway, mm-hmm. and I wasn't let down. The beer was actually pretty good. It was a lot better than what I was uh, expecting it to be. So it was very drinkable, very cool. light and refreshing. So yes, I've hit seventeen seventy-six. So the next number coming up is wow. two thousand. Ooh. That's a lot, man. Which I know I've had more than that because actually I just had my. Is it? I just had an anniversary badge on Untapped today. What is? They've been around for a while now. For your personal anniversary? Yeah. But we jumped on it pretty early. I think so. Seven. Seven years. Nice. Yes. <laughs> so I've been on tap for seven years, and I guarantee you I've had more than 2,000 beers, and, and then all the time Land of the Free, that. level 97. Ooh, yes. that one. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I'm excited about that. that well, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also judged some uh, Master Brewer for Cap and Hair this week. Oh. And um, one of the people sitting in this room had a beer entered in that competition. Oh. <laughs> It wasn't me because I was judging, and it wasn't Jeremy because he doesn't brew. <laughs> not not yet. Not yet. It was actually a very eclectic group of of brews. Yeah, I saw the list you sent the picture of. Um, 
lots of different styles. Yeah, and it was it was an interesting brewing experience too because I was the highest level PJCP person <laughs> sitting at the table. <laughs> so he go. he handed me this the list. And he's like, all right, you, you get buy. to you get to pick the order that you're going to taste it in. So I was like, okay. Um, but it was it was an interesting uh, interesting group. So we had a, sem- a traditional semi sweet mead, American IPA, old ale. British Brown Ale, Belgian Blonde, Belgian Dark Strong Ale, a Wee Heavy, and a Spicer Vegetable, which was a Pale Ale with Ginger and Habanero. Hmm. Which is actually pretty good. The ginger was a little over Habanero. the Habanero. <laughs> Chili ah! peppers. <laughs> I think if the, if the ginger had been cut back a little bit, then it would have been a, a very excellent beer. The Habanero came through, and it was it was very tasty. Nice. Uh, just the right amount of heat. Um, the cool. mead was also really good. Um, but anyway. Did you figure out which one I did? Yes. I had it narrowed down to two. Um, it was the... At first, I thought it was the Belgian Dark Strong, but you had already entered one of those. So I was like, okay, that's not that one. So it had to be the Belgian Blonde, which I didn't know that you had brewed one. Yes. That's why I felt fairly confident in you yeah. being able to judge and have an unbiased. It was still pretty obvious it was yours, though. Yeah. Tiny bubbles. and I, I don't know. Travis's beers always have a distinct mm-hmm. tinge of flavor that I can I can always pick out. Huh. And the Sam Adams bottle. I didn't look at the bottles that closely. Okay. The one bottle that was very evident of whose it was was the mead because it was that really small, clear glass one. And everybody at the table knew that that beer belonged to Steve Brown. Steve, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's supposed to be uh, anonymous judging, but whatever. Yeah. It was a really good mead. I, none of us had judged mead before, so we weren't really quite sure how to go about doing that. So we probably did not do the mead service, but it was pretty good. So the same thing happened to me whenever I judged a few months ago. Uh, Steve also entered a Perry, mm. which is a cider made with pears mm-hmm. so we had to Perry. not a on god not a rapier joke <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i had to learn a little bit about perries mm. so i mean we drank a lot of meads but i've never actually oh, judged sure. one and i did get something an off flavor and i felt really bad about saying it because it's steve brown you know but i had to judge what i tasted so what what did, what was the off flavor Dingleberries. <laughs> no. Yikes. It was almost phenolic. Oh, okay. Like there was something chemical. I, I wouldn't quite say like a Band-Aid or garden hose, but it was just something weird along mm-hmm. those lines that I don't ever remember picking up in a cider before. Or sorry, a mead. Hmm. So I, I don't know. I felt really bad about saying it, but I had to write it down because I'd, I'd noticed it. Hmm. So I Steve's probably going to be like, what? You don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> no, you're right. No, you're right. I don't. He's going to call the BJCP office and have them revoke your credentials. I am not a certified meat judge. I have no credentials. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so he's more than welcome to do that because I'm not certified for mead. But anyway. <laughs> nice. And we're also joined today, uh, thankfully, by Jeremy. Hello. And uh, Jeremy has agreed to come on board the Brew Styles podcast 
uh, while Sawyer is on his hiatus. Absolutely. And then he'll probably stay on forevermore. Until I die. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome and cheers. Congratulations. Thank you. I have no beer to cheers with, nor do you. Nope. But I uh, drank it all. <laughs> uh, you did tell us before we start recording about a interesting brewing prospect that you're about to start. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, well, my brother turns 21 on the 3rd of August. So I'm pretty poor because I just graduated college. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, I basically sold my soul. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think, I thought the next best thing would be to start with a cider um, because you could essentially just start with with stuff you have at home. Just a couple of things I needed to get. So um, I bought a jug. Uh, I bought two jugs of uh, just straight up like uh, pasteurized, not um, preserved apple juice from Whole Foods. And, mm-hmm. you know, all I need to do is... Um, it's, it's, it's in its own glass jug. So there I go. I already have a fermenter that's going to last me forever. Just take the label off afterwards and then, um, you know, add some or yeast. Don't. You just really confuse some people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is apple juice. It's not, you shouldn't have given that to your kid, man. I don't know what's wrong with you, but, um, yeah, it was, it, I just throw the yeast in there, you know, put an airlock on it. And then after, a, you know, a week, it's about good to drink if you want to. So. I'm going to do that for him. And if he's listening, he already found out the surprise because he doesn't know about it yet. But (laughs) I think um, if I were to bottle it, I'd want to put a label on the bottle of like him. And it's like a little baby picture. It'd be funny (laughs) because he's finally of age to now, you know, drink alcoholic beverages. So that'll be fun. It's going to be a cool project. Because he's never had one before. No, he has not been of age ever. No. He well, we grew up in a very you know conservative home, so our mom would kill us. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, um, you know, I did get to spend a lot of time with family, and like part of the reason I think recently, you know, we all except for Chris, me and me and Travis, we were in the Midwest exploring different beers and stuff like that, and so um, the Midwest is actually not like you know Oklahoma or. Kansas or anything like that, like Chris was saying. Contrary but, to popular well, belief, it is the middle of the country. I get it. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Northeast is not the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, it, the, the Northeast of our country is called the Midwest. It is confusing. Stupid. Our language is confusing. You know, it must have all been named by somebody up in like New York or Maine or something. I don't know. You know what reminds me of the Midwest? Ohio. Yeah. Or Michigan. That's what some guy thought in New York. All right, fine. You don't have to laugh. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so uh, besides my terrible terrible joke, um, I got to try a few beers uh, from a lot of different Northwest, Midwest (laughs) breweries. I didn't get to go to a Midwest brewery, but... Mm. um, I had a lot of people say, hey, you should try this beer, you should try this beer, and so um, I'm going to list off a few, and if you're listening, you know, and you had any of these, you know, you should like, subscribe, and do all that, and um, basically, uh, I had a whole bunch of IPAs, and I'm just going to list a couple here. Um, 
So I got to try Mommy Bay. That's out of Toledo, Ohio. Um, Mommy. And their hashtag fake juice IPA was super awesome. It, it was delicious. It basically tasted similar to like Martin House Cellarman's, um, the one that I had recently, which was like super earthy hops. Um, I had Mad Tree Psychopath IPA, and that was one of the smoothest IPAs I've ever had. It was awesome. Um, Let's see. I had Trendsetter, which was a sour IPA. That was super unique. Really, really good. Um, Flying Monkey. Um, I think that one was from Canada, actually. And I was not impressed, to be honest. Uh, It was like just stock IPA. What, What breweries were these from? Oh, these are the... Uh, Flying Monkey is the brewery. Uh, Mommy Bay and... Um, and Trendsetter. Trendsetter. The- those are the breweries. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, and then I had... Uh, let's see. So there's this place up in Ohio uh, called Tony Paco's. Have you ever heard of this? Never have. Okay. So it's like this Hungarian restaurant. It's super delicious. It's uh, essentially like hot dogs and... Uh, chili and stuff like that but it's sausage not hot dogs so um they brew their own beer there and they had an ipa it was awesome super orangey delicious probably one of the best ones that i'd had uh over there but um other than that i had a whole bunch of other you know random things because it was my my dad brought me up there for a graduation party and uh he got some i don't know how to pronounce this correctly i think he said yingling which is is that how you say it? Uh, Y-U-E-N-G-L-I-N-G. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah, I think Ying. Yeah, Yingling. Yeah, that's that was like Not, America's like first Yingling. brewery. Is what it was out of uh, Pennsylvania, I, I believe. Think so. Yeah, and that was that was pretty good. Uh, we had some Line and Kugel stuff, which I'd had some of their beers, but I didn't have their Canoe Paddler. That was pretty good. Um, there was one called um crooked stave which was pretty awesome uh it was also their sours their sour rosé which is what i had that was pretty good um i had a craft mead and i i wasn't sure on the the brewery or the meadery but it was honey apple and raspberry it was really good um on top of that i know i'm just listing off all these mead who knew (laughs) um we had Revolution Brewing. They had a hibiscus ale. That was pretty solid. Uh Ryan, of Chicago. Yeah. Ryan Geist, which was another uh, Ohio beer. I believe that's Cincinnati. Uh, we had the Peach Dodo. That was a ghost sour ale. Um, I had the um, Backyard Crusher. I think another Mommy Bay. And then some other stuff that was just in my dad's fridge because he likes to say that he drinks for effect and not for flavor so he had uh <laughs> milwaukee's best ice which is not very popular over here in the south um you can get milwaukee's best light and best but the ice one is kind of rare mm-hmm. and um he always gets pissed off when when he's down here in texas and he's looking for it and he can't find it so <laughs> and then he had miller genuine draft and so yeah Lots of beers, lots of fun to be had this past week. So that was a long list, but a lot of good memories, and I got pictures of them all. I'm going to put them on Untapped, and I haven't done that yet. I'm just slacking. Cool, man. Yeah. We're glad you're able to join us today for our episode. Thanks. 
And uh, we want to say thank you to all of our listeners out there. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, then go ahead and subscribe on whatever it is you listen to us on, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or uh, whatnot. And then also check us out on social media. We have Twitter, Facebook, Untapped, Instagram, you name it, we got it. Unless it's one of the dating things. We're not into that. You got a Snapchat? We don't have a Snapchat. We should start a Snapchat. Snapchat. Would you like to be in charge of the official Bruce Dallas Snapchat account? Yeah, I can. Oh, be fun. Check back. We may have a Snapchat. Because apparently we have an Instagram too, but you know, who knows? I think Powers runs that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and Powers is out this week. So. He's watching videos. That's what he said. I'm assuming it has something to do with his job. I thought it was porn, but. He's like, I can't be there this week. I got a bunch of videos to watch. I'm just surprised that at that level, you have to watch training videos. Because <laughs> he's owning his own store, basically. Or the manager of his store. Yeah. Not owner. But, I mean, that's like right under well, owner. Well, I mean, we have, as teachers, we have, you know, training videos we have to watch every year. <sighs> I guess. You know, bloodborne pathogens um. and... Uh, school safety preventing teen suicide yeah Mm. there's always a bullying video Mm. i mean it's the same video every year it's like i practically have it memorized but you know Mm. still have to watch it i usually just let it play and then go do some work and then come back and take the quiz at the end (laughs) you already know the the answers (laughs) (laughs) because it times you it won't let you skip to the quiz once you start it then it knows how long the video is and it won't let you take the quiz until that amount of time has elapsed oh so stupid they're so making you get around it, but I'm going to get fired because somebody's going to listen to this and know that I'm cheating the system. <laughs> Whatever. And on that note, <laughs> our uh, as Jeremy mentioned, that both myself and him went uh, up to the Midwest, Midwest states recently to take a trip, and we tried some different beers there. And while we did not have a chance to bring any back here, we did think it would be a good opportunity to feature breweries from the Midwest. So that's what our episode on today is, is uh, focused on. Uh, different breweries in, I think we have some from Michigan. Uh, actually, we got a few from Michigan. I wanted to find some from Chicago, but actually there's only one brewery that distributes here, and that's Goose Island, and I didn't really want to feature them. Mm. So we already have, mm. surprisingly enough. Yeah, their stuff's not that bad. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Ohio, Indiana. Wow. So... We uh, we got a few we're gonna feature, and uh, let's get to it. All right, so the first beer we got up today is from the great state of uh, Michigan. It's in the Midwest, um, and this is uh, sponsored by the. United States of America Space Force. Uh, it's called Tangerine <laughs> Space Machine. It's pretty cool. Um, there's a little blurb on their website. It's from New Holland Brewing, and um, it says, There once lived a bitter soul with a fruitful life as a, his goal. Hopped in his space machine, went to New England to find his queen, came back in a haze of tangerine. Available nationwide in 2018. So a nice Gosh. little uh, little poem on there. Um, <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. Sounds like it could be a Jack Black song. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> you know. 
pick of destiny kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is a New England style IPA. Uh, it is 6.8% alcohol by volume. It's got 40 IBUs. Um, it says on here that we've got pale two row white wheat and oats for the grains and we've got galaxy and citra hops and this was first brewed in 2017 that's the second week in a row we featured or we've mentioned tenacious d on this podcast really <laughs> yeah because last week with the Frato fridge episode i remember he brought it and i don't remember which one this was but he brought a beer that said like it was supposed to be the best beer in the world or something or and I said, it's the best beer this, in the world. This may not be the best <laughs> beer in the world, but it's a tribute. It's a tribute. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, if you haven't heard that episode, we split it into two. It's a two-parter. Yeah, there's a lot of beer, and we got really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <clears throat> well, I mean. On to this one. On to this beer. New Holland from Michigan. It is hazy. Where's this from? This is... This is from the Midwest. From Michigan? It's from Midwest. Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is hazy. Lives up to the name. It's like orange juice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. The orange, yellow. Straight up orange juice. White, foamy bubbles. Has a fairly fruity aroma. I'm also smelling some alcohol. It's listed at 6.8%. So not too high, but I mean a little high. Not low either. Would you say it's kind of in the mid... West. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somewhere in there. Uh, we're just not going to let that one go, are we? No. Yeah. It's got the, the juicy hop aroma. Very, very fruity citrus for sure. Anybody else smell the alcohol that I'm smelling? Not a whole lot. It does smell very juicy. Hmm. It is very citrus in the flavor. Yeah. <clears throat> I can't say that I've ever actually eaten a tangerine. Really? Um, like but not I, even I, as a kid? I, 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 no. Like a little cutie? <laughs> no. Not you no. as a kid as a cutie. <laughs> like the brand of tangerines. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, no, <laughs> no I, don't, I don't think I did. Creamy um, and nutty when young. Ooh. Oh, God. Jesus. <laughs> Um, Power scene, cutie. It's like a sunny D was not actually orange juice. I was it thinking was like tang, orange, fla- orange flavored drink, <laughs> and, or tang. I mean, tang did have a bit of a tang to it. Mm-hmm. So I'd say this is kind of somewhere between the two, because it does have a, a slight twang, but it's not like over the top. Not as sweet as I was expecting it to be. Mm-hmm. Same. It's got the fruity character, but more of just like the peel mm-hmm. flavor and less of like the sweet juice. Right. The pith. Would you say it's bitter, like the pith? The pith. To some extent. Revenge of the pith. <laughs> yeah, the the hot bitterness comes through on the finish, and I think the, the fruit yeah. peel pith notes kind yeah. of uh, balance with that sounds like you're mike tyson trying to say piss <laughs> pith Man, you better, you better hush your mouth because you'll piss me off this beer tastes like pith <laughs> this beer tastes like pith right here it does finish a little drier than i would expect from a juicy ipa but mm-hmm. it's you know 
hop bitterness and, and alcohol does dry things out a little bit. It, it's good. It's refreshing. It's a little more bitter than I would expect out of a New England IPA. Yeah, I mean, especially for 40 IBUs, this sits, for me, I mean, it, more like a 60 or an 80. Yeah, it does. the bitterness does sit on the tongue for a little while after you drink. So that would that would really be the only qualm I have about this beer. It tastes good. It's I, I think it's good. Solid. Yeah, New Holland also makes the Dragon's Milk Imperial mm. Stout, which we really like. We featured that on, on this podcast before as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we definitely know that New Holland makes good beer. Oh, yeah. Uh, out of Michigan. They, they, they're doing good things up there. <clears throat> out of where? Michigan. Michigan, okay. Yeah. They also have, um, was it uh, Ichabod, the pumpkin beer? Mm. That, one's, that one's pretty good. Uh, the <laughs> the Poet, Stout, Brown Ale, Cabin Fever. Um, I've had the Poet before. They also have a fruit beer, Lost Dune, that we've had. Hmm. Um, they seem to like rhyming. Mosaic Hops. With blueberries. That's interesting. I don't remember that one. I don't either. Um, yeah. Ooh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They made a series out of dragon's milk, like Temptress. Ooh. There's a mocha mint. There's a raspberry. There's a s'mores. There's some more what? Some more dragon's milk. Oh, so they're they're just making more of the same thing. Uh, there's a coconut rum barrel. Oh man, Mexican spice cake, cherry chocolate, salted caramel. Wow, raspberry lemon, uh, and a triple mashed. There's no way that they distribute that to Texas. Uh, probably not. We could probably special order it. I, That's probably like I wanted, tap I want to try some of these. Uh-huh. Yeah. A lot of those. There's a vanilla chai. There's a toasted chilies. So yeah, they're doing the whole gamut, like uh, like Timtress from Lakewood. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Coffee and chocolate is another one. Wearing my shirt. There you go. Yeah, you're wearing your shirt today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, your shirt. (laughs) Oh yeah, you're wearing your shirt today. I'm wearing my shirt. Are you wearing pants too? Shorts today. Yeah. Anyway, uh, okay, poundability. So, what's your poundability rating on this one, huh? <laughs> I'd say because of the bitterness, um, it's still juicy. It's still, you know, refreshing. It's not super sweet, but I don't, I don't necessarily look for that in a beer. Um, so, I mean, I'd give this like a seven. Yep, I was thinking seven also. I think I'd be up there too because it's it's got the the soft pillowy mouth feel that you're looking for out of mm-hmm. a New England IPA. Uh, even though it does have uh, a touch of bitterness towards the end, it still has enough flavor to to balance that out and make this decently poundable. Yeah, solid beer. I like it a lot. Cool, New Holland out of Michigan. Thank you. Any uh, do you want to do BJCP on this one? Even there's not really a New England IPA style. Not yet. I did see that there's a. Uh, um, I mean, the last revision was 2015. There's going to be an update coming soon. Yeah. Uh, 
crap. Uh, there, there was a post in the, the Facebook page for Cap and Hair, I think early this week, about proposed revisions to the BGCP guidelines for oh. whenever they're going to do the next set of guidelines. Mm-hmm. And New England IPA was one of them. Right. They also list. there's four total. Uh, Burton Ale was one. Hmm. Um, I think New Zealand Pilsner was one. What? <clears throat> and then Strange. the last one was something crazy like a vanilla chai or, or something crazy. I'll have to look that up for the last one. Weird. But uh, it, it is in the works to get New England IPA an official category in huh. the BJCP. Cool. It usually takes them a while to do those edits. Yeah. So we're probably talking either late 19 or maybe even 2020. I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. <laughs> it is pretty sunny out. All right, what's next? All right, so we're going to uh, travel a little bit more throughout the Midwest and... Uh, we're going to have a beer from Founders, and they hail out of Michigan. Oh, oh. so <laughs> very nice. Another another beer from Michigan. Uh, the Centennial IPA. Uh, ABV is 7.2%, IBU 65, and a rate beer rating of 99, apparently. And they have that on their website. Um, Proud of that. Yeah, so I could tell you about this beer, or uh, we could let one of the brewers tell us about it so we have a, a short little interview with jeremy kazmicki oh jeremy hey welcome founders so welcome to the podcast ha- have a seat right over there yeah. we, we got an open open mic okay, thanks yep. for coming down Thank, and, thanks and for having telling me. us about a centennial ipa yeah. so tell us tell us a little bit about it uh i got a good story about centennial ipa this is probably back in 2001 for buddy of ours would have a, a birthday party every year i had been working on the bottling line so obviously we, we had a, an opportunity to, to get those kegs at, at a good price now. And we offered it up a keg of our uh, Founders IPA and my friend uh, declined and he went and paid full price for the competitor's IPA that, that he was used to. And uh, kind of blew our minds and, and uh, bummed us out and, and uh, pissed us off. And at that point we decided that we had to do something. We immediately set out about um, jacking up that recipe and, and uh, making something that us and our friends wanted to drink and be proud of. Oh wow, it's an interesting story. Thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a neat story. But I'd like to know a little more about. It. Uh, wait, Jeremy, Jer- wait, where are you going? Oh. Ah, crap. Well, that was short. He just left. left. He just up and deuced out on us. Well, I guess the musician sitting in the corner, you can leave too. Thanks for the background music, because Jeremy's not coming back. Uh, Oh, dude, but that's awesome. Now we've had Jeremy from Founders on our podcast, as well as Sam Calgione from Dogfish Head on this podcast. Wow. And they both leave the same way. I know, just sunset. Anyway. Wow. Uh, So the... uh, (laughs) Wow. So the blurb they have on their website, since he didn't tell us anything about the beer specifically, uh, it says, Get ready to bask in the glory of a Frothy Heads floral bouquet. Relish the citrus accents from the abundance of dry hopping. This one's sweet, yet balanced. Multi undertones shake hands with the hop character for a finish that never turns too bitter. All right, so there you go. 
there's a Centennial IPA. It didn't say whether they used Centennial hops or not, but uh, interesting. Anyway, here we go. This one uh, came from a crowler. Yes, from a local tap room that was poured a few hours ago. I'm a little confused as to what came out of the can. Yeah. <laughs> Some sediment. Because there's a big difference between the top and the bottom. 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 Now, I will say, at, <laughs> at Untap, it did say there was 15% of the keg left. Uh, so this is the bottom of the keg, and that might explain the cloudy nature of the beer. Uh, so I got the bottom. Bottom. The bottom bottom. Bottom. Because it settled in the crowler over the last couple hours, I guess. And then, because my pour was not super hazy. And then Travis got a glass full of mud. Oh, yeah. It's brown and murky. And and then I took the rest out of the crowler and it it murkied mine up. But it's not nearly as bad as Travis's. Mm -hmm. So this will be interesting. Uh, Anyway. So this is like a New England IPA, but from the south. Because it's a little dirty. Mud. Yeah. So maybe this is a Louisiana IPA. Louisiana IPA. Cajun IPA. Yo, mingle, mingle, mingle. Cajun, man. So it's like Dino. a, a reddish, <laughs> a reddish <laughs> orange <laughs> color. Speak for yourself. <laughs> so it's like a reddish I orange color. It's pretty, pretty cloudy. Um, darker than I expected it to be. Yeah, it is a pretty dark orange amber color I know I've had this in the bottle before and it didn't look anything like this yeah so I do think it's just weird because it's the bottom of the keg that we got but anyway this is a weird pair it's just <laughs> it it deserves to be said that this is the bottom of the keg so yeah. it's it could be not good and it's not really their fault but that's also what was served to us and yes. founders needs to know that yes exactly because they listen to this Come podcast. on, This is a weird beer. I know, right? <laughs> it is. Aroma is... <laughs> <laughs> that drop always makes me laugh. I get a different kind of hops from this compared to the New Holland oh, one yeah. that was from Michigan. Uh, this one, not nearly as fruity. Doesn't have like the, the juiciness. Yeah, it's not citrusy at all. It is sweet, though, on the nose to me. Yeah, what kind of hops are those? Not not citrus hops, but maybe a little bit of pine, but not. Well, I mean, the blurb did say resonant. floral bouquet. It's called a centennial. Would it be centennial hops? <laughs> not quite a millennial. I mean, they they do a little more things on their own. Millennial hops. Yeah, because millennial hops are they need everything given he's, to them. He's trolling you. Snowflakes. <laughs> Um, see, it says relish to citrus accents, but I'm not. I just smelled the microphone by accident. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first one to have done that. I'm not picking up a whole lot of citrus. Yeah, I'm smelling the pine, the the florally stuff too. Yeah, because the the flavor is very much floral and pine. I'm not getting the citrus at all. And it's not really, I wouldn't say it's that sweet either. And No, mine has kind of an earthy character to it's it. It's not very carbonated. <laughs> yeah, a little creamy. A little more creamy than I would expect. It's probably the crawler, though. 
going from the keg to the crowler, losing them. No, I've had really good carbonated beers out of a crowler. Um, mm. I think it has more to do with the fact that it's the bottom of the keg and it's just super yeasty and sedimenty. Yeasty. <laughs> I don't know. It's this is a weird beer. This is not what I expected. Because Founders makes a pretty dang good beer. The breakfast stout is, like, incredible. They do, mm-hmm. yeah. Actually, I have one of those in the fridge. Maybe we should drink that one instead. <laughs> I saw it. Let's grab it. <laughs> but a local brute instead. <laughs> yeah, this is not a true representation of what the beer is, because I know I've had this before. Uh, it, it's not my favorite beer from Founders, but it's also one of their one of their staples. It's their IPA. Yeah. Because when you say Founders IPA, this is what, what they serve you. Yeah. Mm. I, I'm kind of disappointed, but I don't think it's their fault. I think it was just a bad pour. Because, I, I mean, I've never had this one before, so I can't... I'm sure I have. Maybe a long time ago. But it's not... I don't have a check-in for it on Untapped. Yeah, and that's the drawback from a lot of breweries that want to put out something that's uh, IPA related and they don't want it to taste really fresh well to do that you have to send it along with yeast and and some particulates and other things uh, you don't want to just completely strip it of all the all the flavor and character by filtering it so they will ship uh, their kegs with with a lot of stuff in it and that keeps it fresh keeps it uh, more vibrant but then you also have people that get the end of the keg which is going to be a completely different experience than somebody who gets the first part uh, I remember one night at Ginger Man, I was, uh, we were there for a St. Arnold night and St. Arnold Christmas ale, and we got the very end of the keg, and it was just murky mud water. Disgusting to look at. Didn't taste like it should have, but that's what was served us. And you know, that, that's, that's the drawback that uh, you get from sending out those kegs that way. Yeah, I mean, you have check-ins on this one as far back as 2013. I do personally? Yeah. Huh. It's kind of actually pretty funny because as soon as you said something about Ginger Man, your Ginger Man um, post or a check-in popped up. <laughs> How about that? So I thought you were going to talk about Centennial APA, but you weren't. Um, <clears throat> but I've never checked into this one, which I find strange because I know I've had it before. I'm sure somewhere. Um, but all the people that I've read the check-ins for, they're all like, oh, this is a great IPA. It's a good good beer. Even on Untapped, the the general everyone rating is 3.79, which is pretty high for Untapped. And if it has a 99 on rate beer? I gave it a 3.2 on rate beer. And that was... It didn't show me the dates anymore on the app. Oh, five years ago. Hmm. So... I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, it's just not a, a very good pour, I guess. As do I, but in a BJCP homebrew competition, yeah, if this you is get what, what is, you served, this is what has served you, then this is what you rate, uh, and this is what was served us. This is what you purchased from a licensed retailer. You didn't get it from a black market dealer on the corner. Nope. Hey, man. You want to buy some Founders? I also got watches. It's a little creepy. What else you got? Pith. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, yeah, founders, we know you do better than this, but... Uh, I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment until I have it again. Like, okay. maybe out of a bottle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because if you rated this one, it would be not yeah. fair. Or maybe you should rate it first like this and then re-rate it. Well, I gave it a, a nice middle-of-the-road 3.5 on Untapped. And I'll, I'll adjust as necessary later when I have it again. It's just, it's super creamy and dirty and not, I mean, it is kind of bitter, but not in a good IPA bitter way. Yeah, it's just like the, the like you said, dirty, real earthy, almost muddy. I would give this a poundability of like a five right now. but Five poundability rating. I'm sure that would change. Over time, if I gave it, if I had a fresh one, yeah, yeah, my glass would be hard to pound right now. <laughs> it's like be, chocolate milk. Probably be four <laughs> or three. It's, yeah, it's I'm just thick. Sitting around a four. It doesn't taste bad. It's just, eh, it's a little bad. Ooh. I don't know if. It's yeah, bad. if someone was like, "Hey, we gotta go pound this," I'd be like, "Well, we're gonna be here for a little while." Right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, ah. it's rough. I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not gonna to hold founders accountable for this one. I think this is an on tap issue. Based on what I know about founders and all the beers that I've had from them that are stellar. Oh yeah, the all day IPA. I love the yeah. hell out of that one. Breakfast out mm-hmm. is incredible. Um, they do KBS, the real KBS, right? <laughs> Not the knockoff that you brought the other week. <laughs> trying to pass off as the real thing. Yeah. Anyway. But I, I mean, it, it it takes a long time for the keg to travel from Michigan to Texas and uh, could have gotten... Yeah, and who knows how long it sat before it got put into rotation, add on tap, and then how long it's been <clears throat> tapped. Because like I said, it is the bottom of the keg, so it could be sitting there for a while. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of things going against this pour. Yeah. So... Anyway, let's move on to something different. Okay, so we're going to stick around in the state of Michigan for a short while longer uh, and give Founders another shot. So this is their breakfast stout, double chocolate coffee oatmeal stout. 8.3%. Bottle says... From a bottle, not a crowler. Yes, from a bottle. Uh, The Coffee Lover's Consummate Beer, brewed... With an abundance of flaked oats, so Frado would approve, bitter and imported chocolates, and two types of coffee. This stout has an intense, fresh roasted Java nose topped with a frothy cinnamon colored head that goes forever. Bottled 10, 6 of 15, so this one has even aged slightly. Mmm. I love this beer. Uh, it is black as night. Liberal amounts of coffee hole. Oh, wow. Ooh. Ooh, oh. Coffee hole. Coffee uh, hole. It's black as night. Very opaque. With a... Yep. Super dark. Tan head. Nice, frothy tan head. Oh, I can smell the the chocolate and roasted notes of coffee very strongly. Yeah. Yeah, it's got the the dark roast character, coffee grounds, but also has a, kind of a sweet chocolate nose as well. 
Oh my god, it's so good. Well, in the taste, I get malt. Yeah, I agree, Sawyer. I get uh, <laughs> lots of different kind of grains, some dark malts, some roasted character, mm. some dark chocolate. So good. <coughs> the coffee note is kind of a, you know, the bitterness you get from coffee on the finish. That's kind of what I, I see there. But like actual coffee flavor, I don't think is is very prevalent. I mean, there's some roasted character to it, but it's more like a roasted chocolate or toast, mm-hmm. like breakfast toast. Yeah. Uh, like if you were to compare this to your coffee stout, uh, not your, your coffee porter that you have out in the garage right yeah. now, the the coffee flavor in this beer from Founders uh, out of Michigan is a lot less right. prevalent as the one you had. It's still there, yeah, but it's not like a coffee fist coming right. out of the glass. Yeah, because, I mean, they said in here, double chocolate coffee oatmeal. So the, the mouthfeel is definitely full, uh, creamy, rich. The chocolate notes are very strong, and then... Uh, I get some some coffee notes on the finish. Yeah, chocolate for sure. Uh, oh, Sawyer just came in. Hey, Sawyer, oh, wh- what are you doing? I'm eating oats. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Delicious. Okay. Wait, where are you going? Are you- oh, well, just like everybody else. Huh? Up and leaves us. I guess that works for this beer though, because it does yeah. have an oat <clears throat> character. This has always been one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like 100 degrees outside right now, so probably not one that I would reach for normally uh however it's very good but it was needed to vindicate founders oh for sure after the the poor showing of the first one that i don't believe was their fault (laughs) yeah that might not be fair but i'm gonna stick by it Mm. yeah the mouthfeel this just it's really thick and creamy it's it's smooth um, I would have this beer for <clears throat> breakfast as you part were. of a part of a healthy, well-rounded meal. What was it eight point three percent? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, eight three. Oh, so you'll be taking a nap right after breakfast. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, summer. Good you? morning. <laughs> Good night. Yep. <clears throat> Sort of vacation. What are you gonna do? That's what my wife does anyway. She'll get up at six and feed the dog. Look at Instagram and then go back to sleep. So maybe she's secretly drinking a lot in the morning and then going back to sleep, not telling me. Having breakfast beers. Well, you get up early and watch a movie and then probably take a nap. Sometimes I nap during the movie. <laughs> huh. Must yeah. not be a good movie. Founders, this is good. This is very yeah, good. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, is it? I mean,. If there were a category for, you know, chocolate oatmeal stouts on the BJCP, I think this would be a commercial example for sure. Mm, like, it's that solid. Thinking. It's that solid. I'd give this a mid-40s easy. Nice. Which begs the question, what category would this do best in? I, uh, my first thought would be milk stout, but it's too bitter for that. So what's the range for imperial <laughs> stout as far as ABV? I think the low side on that one is eight percent. Yeah, so, so okay, this would eight eight to twelve percent. So you could include this as an imperial stout with chocolate and oats. Hmm. 
I like that. What it are the commercial? Be- okay, so the commercial examples for Imperial Stout is Old Rasputin, uh, Cigar City, Marshall Zukovs. He'll be here next week. Great Divide Yeti Imperial Stout, North Coast Old Rasputin, oh. Sierra Nevada Narwhal, and oh. Bell's Expedition Stout. Ah, <laughs> we don't have that one, but we do have another one from Bell's. Yeah. Another stout, actually. Yeah. But anyway, so I this could probably do well in Imperial. I mean, it's not super roasty like you'd expect from an Imperial stout. No, but it's, it's not chewy. I think it's roasty enough to to do well. Mm. I don't know. It's just a, it's a fantastic beer. Yeah. It's super enjoyable. It's like not too harsh on the coffee. It's not too, like, too chocolatey, but there's notes there. Man, it's really drinkable have you had this one before no this is my first time having this one it's really good i like it a lot so what what is it the uh the bang abil- uh poundability <laughs> jeremy we use poundability scale here mm. uh, i don't know we might have changed get, that you need to get acquainted with that so my bangability of this ah crap they did change it <laughs> <laughs> um well for me man um <clears throat> I could drink this really fast, but I don't want to. So I'd say this is like a six for me. But I want... Yeah, because see, I always differentiate between poundability and... And wanting to savor it. Right. Yeah. You know, sipping beer, that whole thing. <laughs> I, I would I would give this a poundability of like two or three. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not something I want to sit there and pound. Like Tin Fitty from Oscar Blues. That's like a one. Mm. Even though... One of the people that has done this podcast shotgunned a ten fifty, and had to repaint his kitchen because of it. Oh my gosh! Because <laughs> spewed all over the ceiling. Oh gosh! Yeah, I'm a little conflicted on my poundability rating because I agree with Jeremy that you could you could pound this because it has some sweet notes, chocolate. It's very smooth, silky. Um, it's not overly roasty, not overly alcoholic tasting. Uh, but at the same time, you don't want to pound it. Because mm. mm. this isn't like a super rich imperial stout that's just like roasty and chewy. Uh, I think I'd probably go with a four or a five, just kind of right in the middle. Now, I will say on Untapped, the average rating is 4.16, which is extremely high for Untapped. Hmm. Of my friends, the average rating is 4.36. Mm. And the last four times I've checked into it, I've given it a 4.5. So this is a solid beer. Yeah. Extremely solid. Cool. Anything else? We've got a Snapchat now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's our handle? Brew underscore styles. All right. So add us on Snapchat. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's next? All right. Well, we're going to move on to another part of the Midwest. And this beard that we are featuring next comes from Beard. Did you say beard? This this is a beard bear. This is a bear. You said beard. I don't think I did. Listeners, hit the back button. About two times to go back 30 seconds. Pretty sure you said beer. And see what I said, because I'm pretty sure I said beer. See what you said? Yeah. 
hear what you said. Next beer from the Midwest comes from a brewery called Bells. Where's Bells from? It's out of Kalamazoo. Where's that? Oh, it comes from Michigan, actually. <laughs> this says ah. Comstock, Michigan. <laughs> right on the neck label, it says Comstock, Michigan. What? <laughs> Illegal. They lied to us. Yeah, and at the bottom it says brewed and bottled at Bell's Brewery, Inc., Comstock, Michigan. <laughs> I don't know what's real anymore. Where did you read Kalamazoo? It's well, from it's the the label, the it's Kalamazoo Stout. Kalamazoo Stout. Well, it's not from Kalamazoo. It's from Comstock. Well, this stout comes from Kalamazoo. Does it? <laughs> and that's why it's called Kalamazoo Stout. <laughs> from Bells, uh, out of Michigan. That's a part of the Midwest, and it is uh, listed at six percent alcohol by volume. Original gravity is ten sixty. Shelf life off the website says six months. So for this, a stout? Yeah, this is this is not a stout that you want to age for too Why? long. I don't know. Maybe because it's only 6%, and it's not like a super rich, crazy stout. Mm. Uh, also, you might be interested to know that calories for this beer is 221 per serving, and the carbs are 23. Recommended glassware, a paper sack. No, wait, no. It says, uh, it says a nonic glass with the little English bubble. Food pairings. Savory. Venison and lamb burgers. Oysters. Black olives. Gouda cheese. Pistachios. Almonds. Teriyaki flavor. Sweet. Dark chocolate. Nutty desserts. And the eccentric way, baklava. On the bottle, it says it's brewed with brewer's licorice. Ugh. I, I hate licorice. But it's brewer's licorice. Meaning? It's made for you, a brewer. <laughs> <laughs> it's made just for you, Chris. Uh, not Twizzlers. Ugh. Uh, not Red Vines. But No Red Vines. The, uh, their Expedition Stout that Chris mentioned earlier was one of the very first beers that I gave 10, 10 stars or 10 bottle caps to on the Facebook beer rating pro- program called Beer Seek. This was, was way like back 10 in the day. Years ago. Yeah. And that was the, one of the first beers that said this is 10 stars. Uh, and I think this is the baby brother to that one. Because it's only 6%. Very dark appearance. Dark brown. Mm, fairly opaque. But still brown, not black. Head is uh, like a beige to tan colored. Mm-hmm. Small bubbles. <clears throat> Very creamy head, though. Ooh, nice roasty aroma. Definitely more roasted than the coffee one we just had. Less coffee, more roast on this one. Yeah, I'm also I'm picking up more of like a milk stout character. I can see that. Like a, a, a creamy, milky note. Even in the aroma. I can see that. It smells very smooth. Which is strange to say. Like, we all know <laughs> yeah. what we're saying, but when you say, it smells smooth. Well, um, what? Yeah. But no, it does have like a creamy, uh, milky, chocolate milk. Um, I'm not sure. Right. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sniffing a wall. <laughs> yeah, it's got a very sweet, very nice 
Whoa. The flavor is different than the aroma, which does not happen very often. Less of the chocolate character in the flavor, more just straight grain. And the roast character? It's kind of nutty. I can see that. Yeah. It's like chocolate-covered, I wouldn't say peanuts, but maybe almonds or something. Walnuts. Yeah, it's very nutty. A lot more so than what I was expecting. But it's not like beer nutty. Like, you know, when you have a a brown ale that's really nutty, that's a specific flavor profile. Creamy. This is not that kind of nutty. It's like an actual, I just ate a nut. Like I mean, shell. I like a good nut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like because there, there's a difference between the two. You're like, you ever like cracked a walnut and then eaten like a like of the walnut and then there's like a little bit of that shell left in there. No. It's kind of like, come on now, <laughs> just work with me here. I don't like walnuts. Like I'll crack them because I think it's fun to put them in the little vice thing, <laughs> and then I give them to somebody else to eat. I don't like walnuts. Travis, what do you think? <laughs> well, like when I would eat peanuts at a, a baseball game, you know, you crack it, and then I would lick the outside of the shell because it's usually salty. Uh, walnuts, I haven't eaten too much of. Pecans, I have. Mm. But, Pecans. yeah, the, the... Get the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I, that's kind of what I'm tasting. We're, we're drinking Midwest beers. It's pecan. A pecan! <laughs> oh, it's a pecan rooney dooney. Yeah, it's full of pith. <laughs> you stop that right now. You're about to piss me off. <laughs> anyway. We don't talk that way down here in the South. Technically, we're in the Midwest. Actually, we're in the Southwest. Shh. Which we is an actual. Check the explicit box. What? Being in the Southwest, that's an actual, like, you know, location, whereas the Midwest is not. That's something that somebody made up for the northeast part of our country. It's just stupid. How do you explain it? I don't. It's stupid. I believe the term Midwest was coined when the westernmost boundary of our country was, like, North Dakota and South Dakota before the Louisiana Purchase. Stupid. So there was not California or Oregon to say that's the West. It's rich in history. So well, you had the Louisiana Purchase and then the Midwest, which is the middle area. of. That's the, people that don't like change. And then the name just stuck. It's, they don't like change. And it's stupid. Uh, I like change. Anyway, back to the spear. Welcome to Brew Style. Hey! <laughs> yeah, welcome How's it back. going? No, but for real, this beer tastes like... I had, like, I ate a walnut, and there was just a little bit of that shell left in there. And, like, I'm just kind of nibbling on that little piece of shell of the walnut. And nibbling? It, nibbling. Interesting. Yeah. It's got that... Because that, that, that part of the shell, you know, it's... I mean, it's, I mean, you can still eat it. I mean, you don't want to, but it's, like... It's a little bitter. It's a little, like, like nutty. Piss? It looks like a... I mean, it's a nut. It's what it looks like. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it smells and tastes like it, too. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm not crazy, then. No. It's a little nutty. It is a little nutty. It's a little bit nutty. A little. Where's all the rum gone? 
Because we drank it. Um, I don't know. It's it's pretty easy to drink. It's smooth. That's a quote from Austin Powers, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Thanks. Oh. Um, yeah, buddy. It is pretty smooth. It's There's, super it's smooth. Not, it's not like over the top on any kind of flavor. So right. it's approachable. Like that licorice easy that it claims. Drink. It's super light. I don't even pick it up. And I hate licorice. I do on the back end. Like very, very small note. But see, I just kind of see that as a, a bitter roast. Kind of astringent, but not over the top. Yeah, that's the main character I'm getting from this is like the the dark roasted grains. Mm-hmm. And that's that's carrying through from the start to the finish. Uh, part of that does lend to the nutty character, but I'm not getting any kind of like sweet chocolate notes like we got out of the breakfast stout. Not any like lactose sweetness or anything. Uh, so that I would say this is probably just a straightforward American stout. It's probably the style it's listed as, or would do well as. Yeah, it is kind of dry. Um, it's got more flavor than you would expect from a dry stout. Yeah, I don't because like you would compare that to a Guinness or, or yeah. a Murphy's Irish stout, which is not that. No, but it does finish kind of dry, which kind of gives me that that bitter astringent note. I'm trying to warm it up a little bit because it is kind of cold. And I want to see if I get some some different notes out of it that way. It says it's got a significant hop presence on the bottle. Mm. What are y'all getting from that? Mm, I mean, the astringency could come from hops, but I'm not picking that up. Not on the flavor aroma. It may yeah, it may contribute to the bitterness, but other than that, I'm not getting a significant hop presence on anything. Did you buy this total wine? I did. <laughs> Total wine strikes, strikes again. again. Is there a date on the bottle? I don't know. Is there? Well, I it see. packaged in April. So a couple months. Shelf life six months. We're within that. Hmm. Wow, that time okay, frame. So, so, so Total Wine's getting a little fresher on their their beers. I noticed when we we're. Actually, Travis uh, and I saw each other. Okay, at Total Wine. Yeah, we met. we didn't plan this. We, we met eyes. That happens from time to time <laughs> in the in the beer aisle. Yeah. Then the music yeah, so started playing. As it warms up, I get more of the the nutty, roasty character. But huh? And it was labeled anus. Whoa! I, that was not the right. Dropped. <laughs> <laughs> but the. Uh, <laughs> The uh, astringency and the, the bitterness on the, on the end doesn't change as it warms, which is strange. Yeah, that I guess that's the only downside of this beer is just the the lingering astringency you get from the bitterness from the malt and yeah. and the the dark roasty character that that will uh, lead uh, lend to that. Other than that, I, I like this beer as an American stout. Mm-hmm. What's your pounderability? Uh, astring- astringence. Oh, my <laughs> poundability rating. <laughs> <laughs> this one would be lower than the breakfast stout. Yep. Because the breakfast stout had some smooth, sweet character. This one, 
is a little more straightforward on the roast and the the dark grains, which would make it harder to pound. I'm going to say this is a three. I would say that it's the same as the breakfast stout, but for different reasons. Uh, Yeah, you know, we've been talking about bitterness on this one for a while now. The breakfast stout was sweeter and smoother, but I think it was also fuller. The mouthfeel was more creamy than this. Mm -hmm. Not to say this one's not creamy, it's just the other one was more. So I would still put this one around a a three or a four. I agree. This is pretty low in my opinion, just to be able to pound it. It's like a three. Yeah. I mean, it's a tasty beer. Yeah. It's good. It is. Uh, For American Stout BGCP, I'd probably be between 38 and... You know, kind of around that area, somewhere around thirty-eight, high thirties. Yeah, I would agree. So, yeah. Good what do you here. think, Sire? Full-bodied and malty. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I agree with that too. Thanks. Hey, wait, where are you going? Ah, oh. Sire, you need to stop coming in and giving a, an excellent comment and then leaving. Everybody knows those are dry. Just stay here the whole time. Chris All right. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Wet. It's moist. It's <laughs> oh, that's uncalled for. All right. So for our last beer today, we're going to travel a little bit further. Um, still in the Midwest, though, right? Yeah, still in the Midwest. Uh, we're going to go to the great state of Michigan. Oh, um, <laughs> this is the Jolly Pumpkin. Uh, I don't know how to say this. Oro de Calabaza. Oh, <laughs> something like that. Oro de calabaza. Is that right? Calabaza, 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 calabaza. No, not that one. Oro de calabaza. Anyway, Bata. so yeah, whatever Origins. it is, however you say it, oxidation, mm-hmm. o- oxidation. Yeah, oxidation. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, a Belgian. <coughs> Golden Strong Ale, Ooh. Uh, I believe, is also barrel-aged. Yeah, Jolly Pumpkin is known for their sour beers, so I wouldn't be surprised if this has a little bit of sourness to it also. I like sours. So, uh, I googled it. Oro de Calabaza, off of the Jolly Pumpkin website. The Golden Pumpkin, apparently, is out. That's how it's translated. Uh-huh. It is a sour artisan golden ale. <laughs> so it is sour. According to their website. Uh, ABV is 8%. IBUs of 30. Mm. It spent two to four months in oak. Hops are Crystal, Hauer Tower, and Tetanang. Grains, Pilsner Malt, Pale Malt, and Wheat Malt. Wheat. Aged in large oak casks and re-fermented in the bottle, Oro de Calabaza is brewed in the Franco-Belgian tradition of golden ales. Spicy- Where are them Tetanangers at? Yeah. Well, they're in the beer, Frano. Yeah. Spicy and peppery with a gentle hop bouquet and beguiling influence of wild yeast. Ooh. Yeah. Word. <laughs> of the day. Here's interesting. Uh, Hong yes. Kong International Beer Awards Gold Medal winner of beguiling. Best Belgian Style 2015. Los Angeles International <laughs> Beer Competition Gold Medal winner of American Style Brett Ale 2014. Silver Medal awarded by Tastings. 2014 number one rated belgian gold in the world 
by New York Times in 2010. Wow. International uh, Australian Beer Awards Silver Medal winner, 2010. Named one of the top 25 beers in America by Men's Journal, 2010. Great American Beer Festival Bronze Medal winner for the Belgian and French Ale category, 2005. And last, Great American Beer Festival Gold Medal winner for the Belgian and French Ale category, 2004. Land of the Free, level 97. And now one, too. <laughs> Man, that, that's, that's prestigious. All right, so we have a Sour Belgian Golden Ale. It sounds cool. Cask conditioned. Bretonomyces. <laughs> Which, since they said Brett beer was one of the categories, I'm assuming this also has Bretonomyces in it. Oh, yeah, smells of Brett. Uh, appearance is very clear. Brilliantly clear. Nice golden color yeah. with a frothy white head I'm smelling bananas oh. I get some sour notes yes yeah, smells of, of Brett First it's making thing. my mouth water when I smell it like whenever you think about warheads mm. you know just thinking about warheads makes your mouth water right it's like putting the whole bag of foreheads in your mouth <laughs> <laughs> yes foreheads have you ever put a whole bag of warheads in your mouth I would think you would choke on the plastic. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a reoccurring topic. Yeah. When we talk about sour beers is warheads. Not foreheads, but warheads. But yeah, the aroma in this one just it has the super tart sour aroma right away. I wouldn't say super. <laughs> I get some wood notes too. Yeah. Getting some. The flavor is largely oak. Like that's the majority of it. What is that face? It was, it's the Brettanomyces face that I make whenever I drink any kind of Brett beer because See, I don't like Brett. Beers. I don't think it's that much Brett though. Like it's it's it, a hint of it. Oh, it's a super dry, no. way dry flavor that you get from all Brett beers. As far as Brett beer goes, this one is extremely mild extremely mild like i barely get it at all so for the one the listeners out there who don't know what a brett beer is are you asking for yourself or no i'm asking for all of my friends friend all my friends out there okay so when you're talking (laughs) brett and yes thank you uh so when you're talking about sour beers okay there's really two strains of uh yeast that produce the sour so uh, you have Bretonomyces, which is what we're talking about here. Bretonomyces <laughs> <laughs> and Lactobacillus. Okay, Lactobacillus is what you get in yogurt. Oh, okay. that's a bacteria. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's a bacteria. Um, and but that's what gets like the the puckering sourness. Yeah, so right. I guess it's not really right. a, a yeast strain. Bretonomyces is the yeast strain that you get from wild. Yeah, Brett's fermentation. a yeast, mm. but. Lactobacillus is more the whenever you drink a beer that's like super tart, like Warheads, right. it's more likely going to be the Lactobacillus bacteria. Gotcha. The Brettanomyces is a wild yeast strain. Mm. So mm. I have a, a beer in my garage in a plastic Spiegel fermenter that I've had for four years now. Wow. Um, it basically started as 
a <laughs> it started uh, as basically the the last runnings of a beer that I brewed um, that weren't going to fit into my fermenter. Okay. I put them into a glass Carlo Rossi jug, mm-hmm. put a piece of cheesecloth over the top of it to keep debris out, mm-hmm. and set it underneath a bush in my front yard. Okay. It wild fermented, like straight up. Wow. Wild yeast. I and sell it exploded. so bush. It exploded. Like the fermentation was extreme. Uh, and Gushing. it smells fantastic. Yeah. So I, I bought it. I felt a, like it was going to be explosive. <laughs> I bought a plastic fermenter because, you know, it pits the plastic mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. it will stay wild. And it's just been sitting there. Uh, and I haven't done anything with it yet. Because good, really, really good wild sour beers take a lot of time Mm. so that's just been sitting and at some point i'm going to brew a beer to dump in there with the rest of it and Mm. it's hopefully going to be fantastic awesome well i think it's enough info for our listeners (laughs) i think they got it yeah yeah so wild (laughs) wild fermented so probably what they did is uh they brewed a beer they put it in a cask okay and let it sit mm, for a while <laughs> because the casks and and barrels are not completely sealed they're mostly sealed right. until there's liquid in them right and then they're fully sealed because the the wood swells and, mm-hmm. and fills mm-hmm. all the gaps unless you're kissed by a rose then you're fully sealed oh my god um Kiss my rose yeah. so there's there's a lot of wild yeast uh in the air and in those barrels so that just and that ferments the beer for you rather than your your normal strain of yeast that you would mm. use your brewer's yeast got it clean yogurt yeast yeah that too it's not a lager but i did offer to take the yeast oh we will <laughs> take it hard so this is like it smells like candy it smells like sour candy like a, uh, a like lemon an air, head? lemon head. I was thinking airheads. Like airheads yeah. aren't sour though. Well, some they're, they're, some of them can be tart. Sour tart. patch kids. Maybe those are super sugary though. This this is more along the lines of like a lemon head. Um, it's not super tart. It's not. Brett is not always sour like tart like you would expect a sour something to be. Sometimes it's just funky. Um, the words horse blanket are sometimes thrown <laughs> around for Brett. Horse blanket. And it's not a negative thing. Really? You know, if, if you have a regular beer, it's, oh, it tastes like horse blanket. It's probably infected. Uh, but for the beers that are infected on purpose, horse blanket is a positive thing. Yeah, I kind of see the funky thing you're talking about. Yeah. Like I get a little so, bit of uh, just like... Um, outdoorsy like, note. An outdoorsy, like savory like kind of... Yeah, yeah. Like... Um, uh, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna say like herbal, like kind of like cooking spices, kind of notes in there. Herbal essences? No, that's not food. <laughs> no, what I get you're saying. It no. may be lightly floral, spicy, or herbal. <laughs> herbal, yes. Um, I, it is kind of funky. It's not over the top. Yeah. And I I would dare to say tart. It is not sour by any mean. Mm. 
You're talking to the guy that loves sour beers. This is not sour. It is it's, a little sour, it's, though. It's tart. Okay, I would say it's tart, but it is certainly wild. Yes, it's because wild. Because the Brett character is mm. wild is and sour are two different things. You're right, you're right. The Brett character is very, very prominent. I wouldn't say very. It's kind of watery. I think this. they might as well rename this beer Brett. No. Because that's all that's coming out of it. No. Brett. Other beers come up to their house and knock on the door and say, hey, can Brett come out to play? Is that a Jack reference? Because that's what's in there. It's like, I think it's it's noticeable. Um, mm. It's definitely there. I wouldn't say it's over the top. This is very approachable for a Brett beer. Mm. I would say very approachable. Let me taste it. Okay. And what'd you think? I don't know. My mouth feels... Whoa, Sakar! Weird. Where'd you come from? Ah, <laughs> uh, you I know... Think it's pretty refreshing. Yeah, for, for a yeah. beer from Michigan, uh, which we haven't had too many of those. That, no. <laughs> When's the last time we had one of those? I can't recall. Uh, me either. What? What? Who? What? When? Cool whip? <laughs> it is soft. Oh. Well... I guess that begs the question. Poundability. Ten. Whoa! Poundability of ten. Whoa! This this is good. I'm going to pound the crap out of it. Whoa! You know, it's good. I don't think I could pound this at a ten. Nor do I think I could pound it at a seven. Or a five. <laughs> really? Of course you hate bread beers. I do not like bread beers. This is well they've, known. They've grown on me. It's categorized. It's uh, in print. <laughs> I, I do prefer uh, lacto sour to mm. bread sour. I love sour beers. Mm-hmm. I, I prefer lacto, but I, I can get behind a, a good bread beer. And Jolly Pumpkin is known for their, their sour and their bread beers, so... I think That's what she said. I think it's pretty solid. Now, it does beg the question. Do you get any Belgian ale notes? Oh, I totally forgot about the base style. Yes, thank you. Because we've been talking about <laughs> just the, the Brett, and that's it. It sells uh, Belgian Golden Strong Ale okay. on, on their so, website. Belgian Golden Strong is like a Duvel. Um, well, on their site, it just says Golden Ale. Uh, but on Untapped, it says Belgian Strong Golden Ale. And then, hold on. Because uh, the website, or Untapped says something different. Okay. The Untapped board said Oak Aged Belgian Golden Ale. So three different websites. Or three different locations, three different uh, posts about it. I'm more apt to believe what the brewery's website says. Rate Beer has artisan golden ale, ale aged in oak barrels, barrel aged in bottle condition, aged in large oak cask, and refermented in the bottle. Uh, oh, spicy pepper with gentle hot bouquet, and the beguiling. Yeah, you said that beguiling influence of yeah, wild Yeah, so that's yeast. all on the website. So yeah, it says oak aged. 
Franco-Belgian golden ale is essentially what this is. He was my favorite character on Street Fighter, by the way. But it's also 8%, so would you call that Golden Strong Ale? Yeah, 8%? I think that's it, that that fits solidly in the uh, Belgian Golden Strong Sol- category. Solidly? Yeah. And, solidly. and solidly. Saltly and solidly. Salty. So let's see, this would be category 25. Which is 7.5 to 10.5. Yeah. 25C, yeah. So, yeah, it fits within Belgian Golden Strong Ale. So if you're talking about engaged. looking for the base characteristics of a, a Duvel, which is very much like a uh, the Belgian yeast character, the fruitiness that comes through big time. Uh, does that mm. come through on this beer? I think enough to be noticeable. Like if you dig through the the Brett notes, I think you can find Belgian in there pretty easily. Yes, but it was not my first thought. What was? Just Brett. Brett, yeah. <laughs> good. And, and as we saw when we spent a good five minutes talking about just Brett and Mices and, yeah. and wild characteristics. I, yeah, I mean, it, it is very dry like you would expect from a Brett beer, and it's a little bit funky. You get the wood. Yes. The, the, the oak, oak characters come yeah. through, too. Um, I, I do think that the Belgian strong the belgian golden strong is is very prevalent though i mean there's some fruity belgian characters it's a little bit grainy like you'd expect from a, a golden or a blonde ale okay i'm seeing the I fruit see now it's hidden behind the breath though you got to dig for it but it is there yeah uh, and and that's what i would do whenever i'm reviewing a beer in a bgcp uh homebrew competition like because you you basically just go through the checklist okay malt well look for the malt and then hops look for the hops but just drinking this as a a, not looking for anything at all then all i got was brett and that's all i thought about but yes if you do look for the characteristics of a belgian golden strong ale you can find them because it does have the fruity notes that you would find in the uh the belgian yeast character so as I drink this more, I'll, I like it more. Like I said, as far as Brett goes, this is very approachable. I would agree. As as many of the Brett beers we've had are usually not, because the people that want to do a Brett beer, they like, this is a Brett beer. You Brett's know, nice. Very over the top. This one's very approachable. So dare I say an intro to, to Brett, like which is that. fantastic for you, because <laughs> I'm guessing this is the first Brett beer that you've had. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> and your thoughts? I like it. Um, you know, I was looking at the style guidelines, and it was talking about the peppery and spicy phenols that you get from it, and I, I agree with that. And it's well, that's it's, the Belgian part, right? And it's not over the top, mm-hmm. like you were saying. It's super approachable. Um, it's you. You gave it a ten. Um, I don't know if I'd say that much, just because like the sourness kind of leaves me a little bit like i want to take a little time with my with it but it is still high it's super it refreshing makes you want a mango <laughs> it's it's high it's uh, i'd say this is about an eight for me um on the poundability scale so i can't do it really no 
it's refreshing, man. It this is. tastes like it is refreshing. To each their like own. even though the tartness kind of takes off a little for me, it's, it's not even that tart. It's not that tart. I need to bring him a Jakobins. Oh man! I think you told me to try that a, a while ago. Like I have that written in my notes on my phone. Yeah, like things I need to try. See, I would start pounding this, and then I'd realize one third of the way through it that it's a Brett beer, and then my throat would close up. My my small intestines would turn inside out, and then and then you would go vomit. It would be bad, bad news. So yeah, I, I couldn't pound it. This is a two. That was just great. I like this one a lot. I'm glad we ended on this one. Solid ending to uh, to the episode. Dilly dilly. Yeah, well, dilly yeah. dilly. <laughs> All right. So uh, anything else on on anything from the Midwest? Dare I say Michigan? <laughs> you know what? After going through the whole episode, I think we should just rename this Michigan episode. Because everything we have was from Michigan. Yeah. yeah. It's not a bad idea. I think. And then per- be- perhaps we could do another state next time. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we have a surprise coming for next week, so we won't right. say what that is. You'll right. have to tune in and, and listen. Word. <laughs> so, I guess, cheers until then. Bye. Okay, bye.